0: Welcome to Millennial Money Minutes, where we tackle tough personal finance topics in five minutes or less, with your host,
1: Grant from MillennialMoney.com and Matt from DistilledDollar.com. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about Monte Carlo simulations and how they can help you save more money and invest more money. So if you're unfamiliar with Monte Carlo simulations, they're basically, let's just say like an Excel file, an Excel program that you can basically put in a lot of assumptions, basically as your inputs, And then you run the simulation, you sort of see what the outputs are. And the fascinating thing, the high-level thing to take away from all this is there's plenty of times, and this happens a lot in business, you know, business case studies where you get all these smart people, MBAs, you know, CPAs in the room, they all agree on, you know, hey, sales might go up by 10%, cost might change by 5%, and they agree upon all the business inputs. So then you take the Monte Carlo simulation, you take all those inputs, you run it over, okay, hey, you know, 12 months from now, where's the business going to be? And you'll, you'll, you'll just literally stand there and watch as everyone argues over the outputs, but they all, they all trusted the inputs. And so basically what it's saying is there's still that disconnect where people sort of may, might be more optimistic about certain projects or they might be more pessimistic than reality, you know, really dictates. And so this Monte Carlo simulation is kind of just an analogy overall, I would say, for just approaching your money goals in general. So if you're looking at, you know, your spend over the last 90 days or or six months or your investments over the last year, you know, start to think about, you know, what what are my behaviors in the past? You know, what decisions have they led to? And then from there, you know, basically think about your inputs and what kind of outputs are are they leading to?
0: Man, I think it's a really great point because oftentimes we really only focus on the numbers you know, when I'm doing like a quarterly assessment or an annual assessment, I'm focusing on the raw numbers. I'm not thinking about what inherent bias am I bringing to the table, or what what might have happened here that I'm that I'm missing. So a lot of times, you know, I'll realize, for example, I overspent for a month or a couple months, and I'll just brush it off and be like, oh, you know, that was, ugh, you know, that was a mistake, and I'll kind of move on. I don't really dig in and look at why. Uh, oftentimes, because it's uncomfortable to look at why. Um, and then, you know, I think it's just a great point, just understanding that, you know, maybe the way you're looking at the data or thinking about your own spending habits, um, you need a fresh view. So maybe that's that's probably why, you know, obviously a lot of people think financial advisors can be helpful, but, you know, this is something, um, you know, how can you get that transparency? How can you dig into that bias match? Yeah,
1: I'll say the, lo- the great thing here is you don't need to run your own Monte Carlo simulation, but basically just take away the fact that when these are run, you run into a lot of problems where, again, like I said before, people agree on the inputs. They agree, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. But then when they see how it's going to show up, you know, six months down the road, 12 months down the road, they're like, no, that's not going to be the result. And they start to disagree. But, you know, again, kind of goes back to, you know, what's that inherent bias? You know, what, what are the things that, again, if it's something where, oh, it was just a fluke this quarter, but if you're saying that every quarter, then maybe that's something you need to start budgeting for. So those, you know, those sort of examples come up.
0: Yeah, and I like your point about just maybe being overly optimistic or pessimistic. You see that a lot in personal finance, where you know people have a really hard time predicting or actually analyzing. Um, you know, whether or not they're on track for retirement. You know, a lot of people either think that they are and they're grossly uh, underfunded or they think that they're not. And the people that think that they're not in a lot of cases tend to be the ones, uh,
1: paradoxically, that have enough saved, uh, you know, for retirement already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, you know, they get scared, they, you know, they don't know what to expect from Social Security or they don't know how much they're going to return on their investments. And that's, what, that's the advantage where Monte Carlo simulations can come into play. You might not be able to model, Every single scenario, say a, a black swan scenario, but you will be able to say, okay, if the returns are going to be, you know, negative five percent to negative negative ten percent, and those are the inputs that you can adjust. And so again, it, you don't have to run the, you know, the full Excel file or, or anything like that. But just kind of looking back over, what are those assumptions early on? Is there anything that you might have, you know, a, a great a great thing I'm thinking of just now is, you know, if, if you're thinking about um, something that's, you know, within your personal finance scope that's kind of terrifying, it's scary to see your budget or, or say, you know, which investment to pick. Whatever that is, that's sort of like that early input that's really going to cause some problems down the road. So, you know, usually if there's emotions tied to those inputs, that's usually a great place to start.
0: Yeah, and I think the last thing I'd like to end, going back to the pessimistic optimistic scenario, if you're someone who's naturally optimistic, there might be a good case that you've undersaved. And if you're someone who's pessimistic, you might have uh, already oversaved. You know, I'm just thinking about my dad. Shout out if you're listening, Pops. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But my daddy's just constantly worried about how much he saved for retirement. But I figured that he actually could have retired over a decade ago based on how much money he had saved. But he's still worried to today. And I think that's just his, uh, his natural bias.
1: Yeah, so double check your assumptions and your inputs in, uh, in your financial plan and, and see where they lead to. Uh, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Millennial Money Minutes. If you liked this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. If you want us to cover a specific topic, use hashtag MillennialMoney on Twitter or visit MillennialMoneyMinutes.com.